How do we start? <laughs> the theme song. It's all. joining this is our new diy probably shitty podcast called unrepentant stories from your shitty past or true unbelievable party stories i don't know which tagline we want to go with maybe one of our few listeners will have some input on that what do people want um, our tagline to be I was told stories from your shitty past is a little insensitive, but I mean, it's all about making fun of ourselves, right? This yeah. isn't, this is not a serious podcast whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> it's not serious. It's just for fun. A it's thing for to tell fun. Stories. It's for fun. And it's for us to make fun of ourselves, make fun of our past. Um, I'd say the majority of our submissions are anonymous. <laughs> So that says something about that, but that's cool. Okay, so we could get into who we are. Um, I'm Bridget. This is Justin. We met. The Maritoni. Yes, we met in the year 2000, our first day of high school, and we've been friends ever since. So it's 2021 now. So that means we've been friends for 21 years. That makes me feel really old. I know that's insane. Our friendship could drink at bars. Nice. Well, not this year, but <laughs> our friendship could legally buy a 40 from the liquor store. That's rad. Yeah, Bridget's always been punk rock. You're one of my first punk rockers I ever met. And I was like, this this makes sense. I was a rock and roll kid. Yeah. You used to make fun of us for dressing punk and then and then What? And no, then, there's no way. And really? then uh, yeah, for a little bit, but then quickly you started to. And then yeah. you had like even Liberty Spikes and all that. So speaking yeah. of the theme kicked out, our first theme was kicked out and you got kicked out of high school almost right away, huh? Um, yeah, well, no, yeah, my parents kicked me out because oh, okay. I was unruly. So I went yeah. and lived with other family for a while. Mm-hmm. And then eventually I was kicked out of high school for not doing any work or, you know, just getting referrals and causing, you know, disrupting things and such. I always considered myself a pretty good kid. I always usually followed the rules, even if I was like sneaking drinks on the weekend or like partying here and there. Um, I was never like coming to school drunk or on drugs. I was always like trying my best to graduate. My family wasn't very educated. Like nobody in my family went to college when I was a kid and I have a lot of family. So it was kind of a big deal for me, my parents, my family, for me to, you know, graduate high school. So uh, I I don't know. I always kind of did what I was told, but I was kicked out of quite a bit of stuff in high school. Uh, Just because I was a punk kid, it's like I had a, um, I don't know, like a target on my back. Yeah, there's people Um, saying shit on the loudspeaker every time you walk into a Target and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, so this is something that is going to come up in one of the submissions is that 
me and Justin went to high school together, but also um, it started as every Friday, our group of friends, like the punk kids and weirdos would walk, I think it was like a mile or two from the high school to the nearby um, shopping which we called Rancho. And people started calling us the Rancho Rats. I even have a Rancho Rat tattoo. Um, It's just a rat with like a broken 40 and a bandana that says RR. But, yeah, yeah, so uh, just from that, we were always deemed the bad kids and always getting searched by the school, by the cops, by whoever. Um, But, yeah, security to the liquor aisle anytime we walk in the Albertsons. Yeah, good times. To be fair, there was a lot of illegal activity going on. (laughs) They weren't wrong all the time. Yeah. So Rancho, it was like a movie theater, ice cream shop, coffee shop, all this stuff. And we caused a lot of trouble. But there is a um, a huge hill or like small mountain behind the movie theater, the whole shopping center that was between the shopping center and our high school. And it was a nature preserve and they couldn't build and put track homes like the rest of the neighborhood on that hill because there's an endangered hummingbird. So we could easily just like. That's why. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Awesome. That's why. Yeah, that's why that wasn't track homes. So we uh, in the beginning, like our freshman year, we would drink and party and hang out kind of right behind the shopping center. But the cops would come. We got. I got caught. I don't know. I'm sure you did too. Or you might have been gone. Yes. Huh? No. <laughs> many, um, many times. But then we got smart and realized that if you go back far enough and you cross the creek, we had pallets and we'd pull them aside. Like the cops won't go back that far. And we we had fires back there. We were bad. Yeah. <laughs> and caught crawdads. Yep. I'm drunk and made him fight and, and like cooked him. Did I you ate guys him. eat him? I don't remember that. I did. Yeah. I, I ate him a bunch of times. Yes. I remember the crawdad fights and yeah. Julie would start crying. Yeah. I mean, I feel kind of bad now. I mean, it's there's no reason to dip crawdads in liquor and make them fight each other. Like, it's really mean. But, you know, I think it's that age. You're just yeah. kind of more aggressive and, and, and crazy. Stupid. And that's what a yeah. lot of our stories are about. People yeah. are stupid. And I've had some people who uh, I did recordings with for this, and they're like, I'm embarrassed. This is dumb. I'm like, don't worry. There's definitely going to be one that's worse than yours. Yeah. And even if there's not, that means you kind of win. You know, like you, you did the, the craziest, most terrible shit. But it, if you learn from it and develop as a person and become like when you look back on things like this, I feel like it's cool to be able to laugh at yourself and laugh at each other and stuff. If you're now in a place where you're, you know, you wouldn't make the same mistakes and stuff like, I don't know. Definitely. So me and Justin have never done a podcast before. We're not using professional equipment. I have. We, you've done a podcast? Yes, but it it never aired. Okay. Well, anyway, I'm just saying this isn't like a professional thing. We're not necessarily all using professional equipment. This is really DIY. So we're kind of learning as we go. So if you, I don't know, think something's boring or something sucks, just let us know and maybe we'll change it. Also, I have to mention for the first episode or maybe on all of them that these stories are going to involve a lot of stuff that could get people fired, could get people 
maybe out of the relationship. I don't know. Like, we're trying not to censor the past and people's stories about the past. Um, There's no necessarily trigger warnings in this episode. But, you know, just for future ones, we will have stuff like that. Um, We are going to change names only if the people telling the stories want us to or they will change them themselves. We just plan on sharing real stories, no matter how cringy they are. Um, But we don't want to ruin anybody's life. So, um, but also that is kind of at the discretion of the people who submit these stories because we don't know who they're talking about. You know, I don't know. Yeah, nothing is our fault, basically. (laughs) So I've got two kicked out stories that I'm going to share. I'll do one now and I'll do one kind of in the middle of other people's stories. We have 10 submissions. Um, The first five that came in were all written submissions and I'm going to be reading them. And I was like, well, that would be boring as hell for a podcast if I'm just sitting here reading everybody's submissions. So uh, (laughs) if you plan on submitting in the future, we're looking for more audio. So that's what I said. And after that, we got five more that are audio. So I'm going to be switching them up between reading people's anonymous submissions because most of the written ones are anonymous and playing people's um, audio. Oh, yeah, I was saying I was a good kid in school for the most part, but my freshman year, I I did get, um, I actually got kicked out of the very first school dance. I went just for the hell of it, and um, Carl Hall, RIP, we both got kicked out, but I got asked to leave because I had a crossed out swastika patch on my sweatshirt. What the fuck? This isn't my story. This is just, <laughs> you know, you talking about high school. Yeah. That's so insane. It's like, why? what's offensive about this? Oh, and that's what I asked. And they said it could offend somebody. And I was like, a Nazi? But who? But not, yeah. That's, that's what the, I said. And all they, they just kept repeating, it might re- offend somebody. Mm. Um, I also got kicked out of all... So... Yeah, first week of high school, I got kicked out of all after-school activities for a year for jumping off of the second story of the school into um, a trash can full of boxes. Were you there for that? I don't think I was. Because quite a few of us did that, but only a couple of us got caught. And it was because somebody ratted us out the first week of freshman year. Hmm. So you were definitely around, but I don't know if you yeah. were there. I don't know. Uh, it's, uh, it's a real hazy, about like 15, 20 years there, where I'm not really sure. Yeah, I bet. Happened. I feel that way sometimes, too. Yeah. I get like little spurts of memory, and then I have to write it down. <laughs> We're going to start with one of my kicked out stories, and then we're going to go into our first written anonymous submission. Okay, so let's get to it. So I thought it would be better if I told my story and just told it and rambled on, you know, but at the same time, I would stumble over my words or I would like these are so long ago, I thought I would have a hard time recalling it. So I ended up spending some time sitting down, jogging my memory and actually writing my stories. So they're going to sound like I'm reading because I am. 
but I feel like it's better this way. So again, if you're listening to this and you have any, better like it. I don't know. You want to? You don't like it? You like it? Let us know. I don't care. No, they're gonna. They're gonna like I don't, it. I don't care whether you like it or not. I'm reading. Okay. Here's I do better yeah. like it. In 2007, I moved into a house in the outer sunset in San Francisco with two strangers from Craigslist. We were all college students and all the same age. So I like to think back on this year of my life as kind of my college dorm type of experience. Even though I went to community college first and it took me 10 years to get my degree, it was the closest thing I had to a regular college experience. Anyway, me and my roommates, let's call them Brandon and Lacey, had all just moved to San Francisco. We were all 21, and we had all just moved into this place together, so naturally we were going to throw a big college kid-style housewarming party. Most of the party guests were Brandon's friends, because he was from Santa Rosa, so it was easy for a shit ton of his friends to come rage and then crash in our living room and go home the next day. I only had a small group of friends nearby, so they stopped by along with my boyfriend at the time, his roommate, and his roommate's brother who was in town visiting. Because Lacey had just moved from New York, it was a little too far for any of her friends to come to the party. Just so the story makes more sense, my boyfriend at the time's name was Dave. His roommate, who was a few years older than us, was named Jesse, and Jesse's younger brother, who was around our age, were going to call him Rob. The party was crazy and a lot of fun, but toward the end of the night, or wee hours of the morning, I guess, the party was winding down and people were drunkenly making their way home or getting ready to pass out. Now, I wasn't in the room for this specific occurrence, so keep in mind my story at this point is hearsay from Rob's side of the story. But during this time, at the end of the night, Lacey and Rob were flirting when Lacey told Rob she was going to get ready for bed and he should meet her in her room in a bit. Rob was like, hell yeah, excited he was going to hook up with Lacey, which was a goal quite a few of the dudes at the party had. Not long after, Rob went back to Lacey's room, surprised to see another man, one of Brandon's friends, in Lacey's bed. Rob drunkenly yelled, what the fuck is this shit? What's going on? Which was probably an asshole thing to do, but he was wasted and confused since I think he was kind of used to women flocking to him. Lacey, supposedly embarrassed that she invited two dudes into her bed, snapped back at Rob like she never invited him in the first place. Fuck this, Rob said as he decided to leave, tossing his full beer over his shoulder as he walked out of Lacey's room. (laughs) Um, At this point, Brandon's friend was pissed and yelling at Rob. Lacey was throwing a fit, demanding Rob leave and never come back to her house again. All the next day, Lacey went on about Rob and how much of an asshole he was and how he was permanently banned from our house. I didn't really care since Rob didn't live in San Francisco anyway. Fast forward to a few months later, me and Brandon were having drinks in Dave and Jesse's studio apartment 10 blocks from our house. Yes, two guys shared one studio apartment, which had two little loft beds they built on either side with a small couch in the center. Rob, of course, was in town and drinking with us as well. Since all five of us were squished together on this one couch in this little room, Brandon suggested we go back to our place and continue drinking there. Rob is banned, though, we reminded him. Fuck that. It's our house, too. We're going to our house, he replied. In an attempt to not get booted the minute we stepped in the door, 
We had the idea that maybe we could disguise Rob so Lacey wouldn't notice him. For some strange reason, we found a ratty old black shiny plastic Halloween wig in the dude's studio and laughed with tears rolling down our faces as Rob put it on with a hat on top and a purple scarf around his neck. He looked like an idiot. We walked into me and Brandon's place and continued having beers in the living room when instantly Lacey joined in. She did not give Rob a second look. Not only did she not notice him or seem to question the fact a wigged weirdo with a purple scarf drinking beer with us, but she busted out the board games and even played a few rounds with us as a group. (laughs) (laughs) I forget forget the exact details, but I want to say around two hours went by before Lacey snapped did a double take, stood up and started screaming for Rob to get the fuck out, saying she was a prisoner in her own home. Oh, man. Rob left and never came back to her house. (laughs) That brings back such great memories. I'm so glad I remember that. I can't believe you all played a game together, though. A game? Yeah. Like a board game? Yeah. She was really into board games, which was fun because we had such a like college kid type party house. But friends of ours from Rancho live down the street, so they'd come over too. Nice. But how do you not like if you're playing a board game with somebody and you know them, like you, you don't recognize them for that long? That's just wild. I guess she only met him once while he was, uh, or while they were both wasted. Oh. Maybe it was his voice that she um, eventually recognized. I don't know. But anyway, he looked so dumb. Like, he looked like he was in a costume of, like, an old woman. (laughs) And it worked. Like, that's why it was so funny is that it worked for a while. So I did these out of order. I didn't really pick an order. I just kind of randomized them. But um, here's our first submission that I'm going to read. And it is from Anonymous. It was probably 2012. My friends and I went to the soda bar after band practice just around the block. We had leftover beers from practice and figured we could get away with drinking them in the bar for a bit. We all ordered a beer and a shot, sat down, and as we finished our beers, we started refilling them with our cans of Milwaukee's Best. After a few, one or all of us stopped putting the empties in my bag. It had been a couple hours and I went outside for a smoke. When I tried to go back in, the door guy was holding my bag and told me I couldn't come back in. When I asked him why, he showed me all the empties. I said they weren't mine. Obviously, he knew they were and handed me my bag. I told him I would leave, but I wanted to get my friends who were inside. He let me back in and told me I had one minute. I proceeded to the dance floor and started dancing with my friends. A couple minutes later, I felt someone grab me by my jacket collar. I turned around and took a swing. Of course, it was the bouncer. I missed and was so drunk I fell over. He never let go of my jacket and started dragging me out. I grabbed whatever I could get my hands on, bar stools, people's legs, and then the doorframe. By this time, I had two or three people dragging me out. They finally threw me out on my ass in the middle of the sidewalk. 
I was so pissed, I stood up and started yelling at them. I picked up the large concrete ashtray in front of the building and was about to throw it through the window when my friend and bandmate grabbed me and got me to put it down by reminding me that our band played there monthly at least. We regrouped and went down to the radio room to finish the night. A couple weeks later, we went to see a friend do a solo performance at the soda bar. The friend who stopped me from throwing a concrete pier through the window and I were two of maybe 10 folks at soda bar that night. The door guys switched shifts about an hour after we got there, and it happened to be the guy I swung at that night. He, of course, recognized me and got in my face while I was playing pool. He asked me if I remembered him. I did. And he asked me if we were cool. He ended up being really cool about the whole thing. I apologized and offered to buy him a beer. We continued to frequent the soda bar for years. Ah, yay. That's a nice story about forgiveness. I like that. I love people's honest stories. Like I said, some people are uh, self-conscious that they did something stupid. I'm like, I got people admitting they almost threw a concrete pillar through. I've done worse than that. (laughs) You got to start writing down your stories for the next topics because you've got some good ones. You got to start telling me when you started working for the FBI trying to gather evidence. Uh Yeah, really? Um, I'm just kidding. I'm not afraid of them. (laughs) I'm glad that you got that job. It's awesome. Uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so next we get to do an audio recording, which is cool because I get to stop talking for a minute and just drink my wine. All right. So a long time ago, I was probably like 19 or something like that. It was I remember it was the first year of college for me. And I had this friend who I would hang out with all the time. And um, I remember we wanted to go to this layer show that was happening and I didn't have enough money or something like that to go. And I forgot where exactly she won these, but she ended up winning tickets to said show. And that was really fun and great and stuff. But um, so, you know, we were there and we were having a good time. I think this was around like 2005 or six or something, by the way, they played at the San Diego sports arena. And um, we decided to push our way up to the pit area. Um, We didn't want to go in. It was a little, a little wild. So we just kind of like stood at the very edge of it. And, you know, of course, when you're kind of there, you still get jostled around, like moved into people. And that happened to me a couple of times. And I kept getting pushed back into the person behind me. And at one point I was even like, oh, sorry. Like, even though it's kind of, I don't think I really had to do that kind of goes without saying. But I remember after a couple of times of that happening, I remember feeling like some weird like moisture in the back of my head that like was not sweat or anything like that. And I was just like, oh, like it's kind of like accumulating, whatever. I like, you know, kind of just like wiped it off a little bit and was like, whatever, didn't really think about it too much. And then it kind of started getting like more and more moist back there. And it was really weird. And then eventually I kind of caught like a, like a patooey noise, patooey, like someone spitting. And I was like, uh, all right. And then I turned around and it was coming from right behind me. It was the dude who I kept getting pushed back into. And then I kind of like put two and two together and realized he was spitting in my fucking hair because he was upset that I was getting pushed back into him so many times. I was like, dude, you're at a fucking Slayer show, like (laughs) (laughs) right next to the edge of the pit. If you don't like it, you should move. And 
that wasn't the conversation though. I figured out what he was doing and I was like, what the fuck? And he was, I was like a 19 year old girl. I was very young. And he was like, probably, I don't know, like at least in his like mid to late twenties or something like that. And he was like, "Ah, fuck you, you know, and was like giving me shit for like being pushed back into him. And I was like, you know what, fucking whatever, man. And I like got so upset at him talking shit to me and like spitting in my hair. It's so disgusting. And so I, I just, I lost control and I hit him in the fucking face (laughs) and, um, it was kind of like a a disruption a little bit. There was yelling and all that stuff. And the, you know, security people who were working nearby, like came over and was like, you know, what's going on, blah, blah, blah. And I was able to like get the point across that this dude was spitting in my hair and, you know, I just decided to do something about it. And I totally thought I was going to get kicked out, by the way, like for hitting the guy. I was just like, oh, shit, here it goes. I like <laughs> ruined my my own show here. And um, they decided to kick him out because I think it was obvious that he was like probably fucked up or something. And he was just like making a huge deal about this thing. And yeah, they kicked him out of the show and it was great. And I was happy and uh, was able to watch the show free of spit in my hair after I washed it out. <laughs> Bro, did really you wash cool. it at the in the bathroom? Yeah, I went to the bathroom and just kind of like did what I could. Like, I don't know, grabbed a paper towel and tried to like wipe off what I could. I didn't really want to touch it. It was gross. Um, but it was just like a patch of spit like on the back of my Whoa. head. I was so pissed when I found out what was going on. And so that's why I completely lost control and just like like walloped this dude in the face. <laughs> Um, but whatever, his, he deserved <laughs> it. He got fucking kicked out. So eat shit, buddy, wherever you are. Two. Which one did you like? Almost hit somebody with a beer bottle that was cracked. Oh up, yeah, not she got kicked. An empty. She, she got bottle. kicked out too. What was that? That was at the Tower Bar. Yeah, I remember we were at a show at the Tower Bar. I don't remember who was playing or anything like that. And it was it was a good while ago. It was at least probably over five years ago, seven years ago, something like that. And I was just, you know, standing there watching the band play and there was this just just being like really drunk in public kind of thing. And that's fine, whatever, you know, but she was being like very obnoxious and like bothering people in the bar and whatnot and stuff. Um, And whoever she was with was kind of like ushering her like to the back, you know, like towards the bar area. And I remember like, I think she like, yeah, she knocked into me and like, like knocked my beer you know, kind of all over the place. And I got pissed. And I was like, what the fuck, man? And like, kind of just was like, dude, like, come on, like, watch where you're going kind of thing. And instead of being like, oh, sorry, or like, you know, anything <laughs> else, she spit, she spit at me, she spit in my face. And I got so pissed Jeez. where I had, it was like, basically like the last of the beer that I had, she spilled most of it all over me. And last of the beer that I had, I just, all right, I was like, all right, well, down the hatch. And I was so upset. And I was definitely also drunk, too. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done this. But I, like, flipped the bottle over. <laughs> and I, like, ran after her. And I was, like, I was very upset. And I wanted to fight her. Um, and I put I put it down eventually. And, like, the person that she was with, like, took her outside, blah, blah, blah. And, like, the owner of the bar, like, knew who I was and came up and was like, are you cool? Like, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, I'm totally fine. I'm sorry. I just got really pissed. Like, she spit in my face. And he's like, okay, cool. Like, do you, do you want to drink? Like, it's it's fine. Like, no big deal. And it was it was fine. But yeah, I didn't like getting spit at. It sucked. Gross. Two it was really gross. Stories. Yeah, two spit yeah. stories. I know. Yeah, but they both got kicked out, so that's good. Yeah. It's always nice to hear when stupid, rude assholes um, get what's coming to them. It's uh, it always warms my heart. Me yeah. too. We have quite a bit of that, actually. 
like a lot of this was like people I don't want to do any spoilers but a lot of the stories were somebody was really shitty and they they got kicked out okay nice. so we have a written submission from Meredith back in 2016 I worked at a liquor store in downtown Salt Lake City Utah it was one of the few stores that stayed open until 10 p.m. There also happened to be a homeless shelter around the corner. So on top of being frequently swamped, we often had multiple interesting interactions with patrons per day. It being Utah, the store had some what I deemed to be over-the-top regulations, making it extremely easy for coworkers to deny service or even 86 customers. I had a handful of homeless regulars who got to know me, however, and realized that as long as they were kind and polite, I'd always sell to them, or at the very least, have their backs when they came into the store. And these guys had my back, too. One time I came into work with two black eyes, resulting from a bicycle accident, and several of my liquor store friends came in demanding I give them the name and address of the person who did that to me. As I mentioned, it was very much the result of my own doing, but I still found their tenacity sweet, and it was nice knowing that if somebody were to mess with me, I had a gang of angry homebums who were willing to kick some ass in my honor. Hell yeah. (laughs) I do want to make it clear that I wouldn't just sell to anybody regardless of the situation. If someone, even one of my preferred regulars, came in wasted... I could not and would not in good conscience sell to them, but I would still be as polite as possible when turning them down. Generally, the kindness worked in my favor and I was able to avoid escalating any situations. If somebody was being a massive prick, though, I had no qualms unleashing my wrath upon them. One afternoon, I was working behind the register and a homeless man who I hadn't seen before came stumbling in. It was dead that day, and the only other customer was a little old lady who was just trying to buy some wine. I was ringing her up when the sloshed man slammed a bottle of Malibu rum on the counter. I was finishing my transaction with the lady and was mentally prepared how to nicely turn this man down. Just then, I began to smell the harsh stench of urine. I looked down to see an ever-growing wet spot on this man's pants. Oh, no. (laughs) I sighed and handed the woman her receipt, then turned my attention to the man while grabbing the bottle of Malibu off the counter. Hey, so I'm really sorry, sir, but I can't sell this to you right now. I gave him a half-hearted smile and shrugged. Why the hell not? I sighed again. While we weren't technically supposed to accuse people of being intoxicated, I was deliberate in my word choice and at that point was still trying to be polite. Well, sir, you appeared to be intoxicated. The hell I am? You got no proof? Yes, well, it also appears as though you have urinated yourself. So with that, I'm going to have to respectfully decline the sale. You're more than welcome to come back tomorrow, though. The man swore at me some more and screamed something about he was going to find somebody to buy him a bottle. I just smiled and wished him luck. The security guard and I stood in the window and watched this man sway back and forth in front of the store before finally tripping over the small fence that separated our parking lot from the front lawn of the art gallery next door. He presentedly passed out on their lawn. The owner of the art gallery eventually came out and turned the sprinkler on the man. (laughs) who didn't wake up until the cops showed up and prodded him a few times with their feet. Around that time, I lost interest and wandered back to my register. 
Several days later, I was at the register again, and Mr. Malibu showed up, but this time his stride was strong, confident, and he was at least visibly sober. Good job, my dude, I thought to myself, sober enough to make a sale. Hell yeah. Mr. Malibu came directly to my line and slammed his bottle of sugary teenage girl liquor down on the counter. I rang up the bottle and turned to my computer. When I turned back to take his money, I noticed his penis was out. <laughs> God, why? <laughs> oh, no. I immediately span back around horrified and unsure of what to do. Was this an accident? No, the look on the homebum's face was one of sheer joy and satisfaction. Honestly, I don't think I'd ever seen anybody look quite so pleased with himself in my entire life. <laughs> I'd unleashed pure rage upon creeper customers for far less, yet this time I was frozen. Thankfully, my coworker noticed what was going on and began screaming at this guy to get the fuck out of the store. I ran to the back, angry at that nasty home bum, and even angrier at myself for completely freezing up. I worked at that liquor store for two more years, and Mr. Malibu frequently tried to come in and pretend he wasn't 86 for life. I made it my life's goal over those years to make it damn near impossible for that man to buy alcohol and to ruthlessly shame him whenever he tried to sneak in. If you think you're forgiven for flashing your nasty dick in here, you're grossly mistaken. Get the fuck out. <laughs> he eventually wised up to the fact that no disguise would hide his identity from me, so he moved on to trying to get folks in the parking lot to buy for him. Unfortunately for him, our registers were stationed directly in front of a large window facing said parking lot, and I watched him like a hawk when he was out there telling folks he gave money to, to get out as soon as they stepped foot in the store. My group of aforementioned homeless regulars ostracized him when they found out what he did to me and even began alerting me and our security guard when Mr. Malibu began trying to get folks on the side of the building to buy for him. About six months before I parted ways with my job, he stopped showing up. At one point, I remember hearing he got arrested, but who knows what really happened to him. All I can say is do not fuck with your local liquor store attendant. They will hold a grudge, and depending on what your state's liquor laws are, can potentially be a huge inconvenience in your life. That's true. Or a huge <laughs> asset. I know. Don't you remember your punk house you had? The man cave. Like oh, my God. certain yeah. regulars, we could buy underage, and we could. a few of you had um, the ability to have a tab. We borrowed alcohol frequently and lots of it too. And we would always pay them back and, and they would always just let us take whatever we needed. It was great. Really cool. Pete and Nate. Those guys. Probably awesome. shouldn't say their names. It's illegal. Why? No, no. They're, it's their, their, their first names. So it's, it's cool. Oh, wait, I guess that's not illegal. Yeah. Wait, yeah, it was because they sold to people underage. I mean, but whatever. That's, that's, but it that, was like, they would ask, like, oh, are you at this? Are, did you come from this house? Oh, you're cool. Uh, that last tale, I like I like um, Mr. Malibu. I mean, the name, that's hilarious. Um, but, yeah. you know, when, when this person is, like, freezes, it is like, ah, like, you know, that has happened to me so many times. We're like, I know what I would do in a situation, you know? And then sometimes you just like freeze up and then you think, oh shit, I should have done this or said this. 
when something's so brutal you you like can't comprehend it sometimes it just catches you off guard and you're just like i wasn't expecting to be in this situation right now so to you kind of yeah that freeze up i think is really common with people and it's not it's very it's very common it's very common just when someone's being an asshole but also it that's like i mean that's sexual abuse yeah so that that's even more common in in that situation yeah totally go meredith that was a great story yes next we have an anonymous submission that's um was the audio call so i got a preface it but you got to know what a hot carl is a hot carl is when you put a piece of cellophane or glass over your face and have someone poop on it that's just (laughs) gotta be that's important for the story later okay we were all, me and a couple of people were hanging out at the mall and uh, met up with someone else. And that person was like, oh, I know of a party later. And we're like, oh, right on. Cool. So once you go down there, she's like, yeah, it's in Santee. So, uh, you know, there's me and about three or four other people at this point. And we go to meet up with three more people. Then on the trolley, we see two people we know. So we got a pretty good group going. And uh, it's about five o'clock or so. Head down. So on the trolley, we're going down. And uh, one of the people, she was like, oh, you want to trade CDs? Because this is actually on a time when you had that bullshit, lying piece of shit disc man that says anti-skip on it. And you knew damn well it skipped. (laughs) And you had to carry a book of CDs around. Mm -hmm. It was that time. And uh, I had an oxymoron CD. And she had a fear CD. And I never heard fear at that point. So we traded. And that was a life-changing experience right there. So... (laughs) That was awesome. Also on this, you know, on the way down there also, someone uh, pees on the trolley, decided to take a leak inside the trolley. And of course, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you? We're going to a party. Um, <laughs> so yeah, after that, people on the trolley are yelling at him and it's just like, what? I had to, I had to fucking pee. Like, what, 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 what do you do? We figure out, you know, the one person tells us where it is. So we have to walk for a while. And uh, it's dark at this point once we get there and we obviously find the party because it's really loud at this house. And we go in, literally like the record scratches, the music stops and uh, someone points to the one black guy in our group and he's like, he can't be here. So we're like, hmm. Okay, so we're we're just going to stay and got kind of, you know, loud and rowdy for a second. So we're like, all right, fuck it, we'll leave. So we left and um, we're walking out and one of the guys... We called him a chaos motherfucker and then his name. He walks out, he goes into his backpack and he grabs a pair of scissors and he kind of opens them up so it's two blades and he just starts scraping it down the side of this truck, just scraping the shit out of the paint and the light in the cab turns on and the guy rolls down his window and starts yelling. So we're like, oh fuck. So everyone starts running and uh, total Forrest Gump shit. They all jump out, pile onto the back of the trucks and start chasing us. So we're like, oh, fuck, we're, we're fucked. And as uh, we're running, me and one of my friends who had his rat in the pocket of his leather jacket, he kept telling me if they hurt Radicus, I'm going to fucking kill him. I'm going to fucking kill him. That's all he kept saying. He kept worried, just worried about his rat. So we're running and uh, we go up the block, turn, start running down another block and the four scum trucks are chasing us and they're yelling at us and shit. And they pile out and they start running. And everyone scatters. Some people go into backyards. Some people go into, you know, bushes and stuff and hiding. And me and my one friend, we hop into a backyard. And I don't know how, but some reason, the black guy person didn't didn't make it in anywhere to cover. So they all start surrounding him. 
and there's probably, you know, a dozen of these guys and they're surrounding him. They start pushing him and screaming at him and yelling and spitting and shit. The friend I'm with, he wasn't going to stand for that shit. And even though he's small, he's like five, 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 six, he found a, a nice broad sized, like a snow shovel looking thing. And he grabs it and he goes through the fence and he runs out there and he's swinging it on the ground and it's hitting and making sparks and shit. And he jumps into the group, the middle of the group, and he starts swinging it at people. And he's like, if any of you come near me, I'll fucking kill you. And one dude didn't believe him. And he came through and person swung the snow shovel and barely nicked his neck. And it started bleeding a little. And they were, you know, knew they were kind of serious. And I wasn't going to let my friends sit out there with that. So I broke a piece of fence off and I went out there and I ran in. And anyone that came, I started hitting them with a piece of wood. And then uh, somehow the cops showed up. And, you know, these are good old Santee sheriffs. So, of course, they want to arrest us. And they start talking to everyone. And after a while, they tell us to kick rocks. And they let these guys go scot-free. You know, no, no punishment, nothing. So they leave, we leave. And we're like, fuck, we're in the middle of Santee. You know, it's late now. I don't think there's any trolleys. I don't think the buses are running. They're like, what are we going to do? So we all come up with a great plan to uh, call some taxis and ditch them from a a 7-Eleven in Santee. So the only thing we could think of is we uh, tell them to take us to Monta Vista High School because we figure we can get out there and ditch the, uh, you know, the kid taxis and then run into the school. So the guy I'm with, one of them in this taxi, you know, real cool type fella, asked the taxi driver if... uh, it's common for people to call taxis and then ditch when they get to the, where they're going. And he's like, oh, it happens all the time. That's why I have a gun under my seat. And this kid starts freaking out in the back of the car. So this, this guy totally knows what's going on. So we get there and we all just bail. And of course, the taxi driver gets out. I don't know if he actually had a gun or not, but he managed to tackle someone in the car and make him go to an ATM to pay. And of course, we're like 16 year old punk pieces of shit so no one has money so i don't know what happened to them i never saw that person again after that night so we like oh we know someone around here let's go to their house you know it's super late normal people are asleep and we go and we start knocking on his door and he answers and there's you know like eight or nine of us and we're like hey can we stay the night here and he's like sure go around the back so we go through the back uh, gate go through the sliding glass door and about 10 minutes later his mom comes down and she's like you know what's going on And we told her and she's like, okay, you guys can stay here, but keep it down. We're trying to sleep. So we try to keep it down and, uh, you know, lights are off. Everyone's laying down, going to sleep. And then out of nowhere, someone goes, Hey, so a hot Carl. And instantly everyone starts busting up, wakes up the kid's mom. She comes downstairs again. And then we say, sorry, she goes back upstairs and then it's quiet for another minute or two. So a frozen Carl. And then everyone laughs, 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 mom comes down again. And this goes on all night long. As soon as it gets quiet, someone brings up a different kind of Carl. (laughs) And it goes on all night and the parents are pissed. We're tired, you know, starting to get hung over, whatever. And uh, so we, we leave early not to piss off the parents any more than we already did. So we walk down, there's a Taco Bell down there with a bus stop that goes back towards Grossmont Center. And we go in. And, oh, I guess we got kicked out of this place, too. So it's two kicked out in one. So we go into the Taco Bell, <laughs> and person has, a um, like, a refillable cup from SeaWorld. And he goes over to fill up the, uh, the cup, and the manager sees him. He's like, hey, you can't do that. So he comes over there, and he's like, you know, he says something like, oh, what do you got on this dick, bitch, or something like that. So the manager has one hand on the cup. Person has this, his hand on the cup. 
And they're literally like a movie just going back and forth, like pulling the cup back and forth for, I don't know, a minute or so. And then he finally grabs <laughs> and dumps it out. And we go out into the uh, outside and we're sitting there laughing about how stupid that was with the soda. And that same manager comes out to take out the trash. And uh, the guy that he was, you know, fighting over the soda with decides to yell again, something along the lines of, oh, what do you got on this dick, bitch? Or something, you know, something like that. And the manager just turns around and starts running towards him. And as he's running, he takes off his shirt. And right when he gets his shirt all the way off, just blasts this kid in the face. Just fucking <laughs> annihilates him. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, after that, he's bloody, whatever. You know, obviously the guy had a lot more on his dick than he thought. And uh, so we finally get to the bus stop and we get there. I don't know if anyone remembers the smiley bus driver. They used to drive from Spring Valley and Casador to La Mesa. Mm-mm. Always had a giant smile on his face. Was super friendly all the time. And we're like, oh, we got to get him to the hospital. So he let us all on for free and uh, went to Grossmont Center. And then uh, he went to the hospital and we didn't see him again for like a month because he was probably uh, pretty sad about what happened. And then, yeah. And then we just went on about our normal day after that. So uh, the next, you know, the next day, me and my friend, the one that had the, the snow shovel, we uh, we were in Pacific Beach for some reason, and we went to a Burger King, and they have those, remember those crowns that they used yeah. to have, like the Burger King crowns? So we got one of those, and we just wrote, you got fucked up on it, and then we kept it in our backpack until we saw that kid again that got punched at Taco Bell, <laughs> and then gave it to him when we saw him. Nice. <laughs> Did, was just... the black guy okay? Oh, yeah. He, he Nothing happened to him. Like, like once, once they surrounded him, you know, and like, they were yelling and think someone pushed him and someone spit but there was actual no like fists or anything thrown at him because my friend had run in with that shovel mm-hmm. to stop it and then i went in with that piece of fence that i broke off and i'd smack someone with it pretty good <laughs> that had nails in it too if i remember correctly damn someone got a fucking couple nails in the back with a piece of wood probably hopefully <laughs> but i don't think it affects like single genetic family trees with no other outside donors i think they're like immune to tetanus so it sucked too because i remember the people like a couple people party were pro skaters too really out of so i was pretty Mm. bummed like i had noticed them instantly and then they're supporting that shit oh that sucks because of black i was pretty i was pretty bummed wow any story that has pieces of shit just getting hit with weapons that's great nazis getting hit with weapons is a really like Every story should have that happen at least once in the story. <laughs> so the next story I feel like should be anonymous, but he's like, uh, feel free to to say it's Nick. And this Nick. is yeah. So this is one reason why I wanted to kind of talk about Rancho for a second, because he mentions um, at one point he says, "Do you remember the hump?" And the, the hump. hump was like this hunchback. Dude who owned the coffee shop in Rancho. And the thing is, we, during the day when we weren't drinking, we hung out outside the coffee shop. And a lot of people would go in and buy coffee. And, I mean, some people in our friend group were there all day, every day, just buying coffee and other things. Whatever they sold. Um, But at one point, they tried to get, I mean, because it was like the punk hangout. They tried to drown us out with um, classical music, but they didn't realize that we had some like weirdo nerds in our group that were down with that. 
I mean, even the people who weren't weirdo nerds that were down with that, like us, we're fine with classical music. That's not nails on a yeah. they, like he thought it would be nails on a chalkboard to us, but we're like, yeah, we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> what would it have had to to have been like if it was I don't know if it was like some pop country stuff or something? Yeah, that yeah. I feel like there's there's music, especially nowadays. There's music you could put on to make people leave. Yeah, and it's more mm-hmm. of the pop country stuff. Okay, so here's a quick, very quick story from Nick about those days in Rancho at the coffee shop. So he says this story goes back to the bad days of the group when heroin was sweeping through. Do you remember when a Middle Eastern family bought the coffee shop from the hump? <laughs> <laughs> So one day I was nodding in and out, then had a sudden and mighty urge for chocolate milk. I stumbled into the shop and bought a Nesquik. I was so thirsty, I drank it all in a couple of gulps, all while standing at the front counter. Immediately, I could feel it coming back up. I put my hand over my mouth, but to no avail, I puked all over the counter. (laughs) And remember, the bathroom was way in the back, so you had to walk around the middle where they made the coffee. So I'm running to the bathroom, still vomiting on myself and onto the tables where people are enjoying their cup of joe. (laughs) Whatever was left, I finally got into the toilet. When I emerged, the boss lady yelled at me and told me to get out and never return. I think after a few weeks, I was sitting outside and she came over and said I could sit outside, but was not allowed inside to use the bathroom or to buy anything that's nice of her (laughs) well i mean it could have been worse yeah so speaking of kicked out though uh, and speaking of rancho and the coffee shop there was a time when they had like a paddy wagon and we're trying to crack down on the um yeah the rv it was like a mobile command center like they they were parking yeah on fridays for a while yeah yeah, because, I got arrested in that a few times. Mm-hmm. But was, there, was a, there was one time when we were together and we couldn't find any of our friends. So we were just hanging out. And the cops kept hassling you because they said you were... Um, loitering? Loiter, because they said you were loitering. I was not loitering. So I said, go Legal. buy something and carry the receipt in your pocket. Like, go buy a yeah. coffee and walk around with your coffee and have the receipt of, like, of the coffee in your pocket. And yeah. you did that, and they still like, oh, that was the time when you were calling your aunt to get picked up with yeah. your receipt and everything. And the cop came and grabbed you while you were on the payphone. And took, re- took it right out of my hand and hung up the fucking phone. Yeah, and then remember, you had a pin or a safety pin on your jacket that stabbed the shit out of the cop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he like shoved me against the wall and he's like patting me down. All like he's like being real handsy with me and shit. I'm like, what the fuck, man? But um, yeah, open safety pins. You know, you got to keep those open safety pins so that when a cop is hassling you, they get hurt and then it's funny. Um, <laughs> and it was. And then uh, yeah, oh my god, but Julie, my my aunt mom, like she like put she picks me up and is like yelling at me and shit. Like I did something wrong, and I'm like, no, I didn't do anything. Like he arrested me for nothing. She didn't believe me, so I, I, that. I, I opened the van door and I jumped out, and I was like, I'm leaving. I remember that you ran to where I was at. Yeah. Me and some other somebody else hanging. That was a fun night, sorta. 
Who else was there? There was someone else. There was a girl who got arrested for like smoking a cigarette. Like they were um, ticketing people for smoking cigarettes underage. They were just trying to get people for anything that they could. I think they made. I think they like had her. Like they took her and had her parents come stuff. Like they actually like took her away. Hmm. I think it was that time. It might have been another time. I don't know. Possibly. It was crazy though. You know, like they're like just hanging out like 17 years old and somebody gets arrested for smoking a cigarette. How is that a good use it's of stupid? It's so <laughs> stupid. Same. They've got nothing else to do. There's plenty for them to do. They, they should, they could go, you know, I don't know. What could they do actually? <laughs> they could get jobs. They could get jobs. <laughs> they could just yeah. get jobs. That's what they should do. So we're halfway through the submissions and I'm going to do uh, my last submission which I, again, wrote out and have to read. So I'm doing a lot of reading tonight. Hopefully for the next episodes, I'll be doing less reading. Okay, so here's my last kicked out story for uh, this episode. I think it was 2012, and a few San Diego bands I was friends with, plus more of my friends they brought with them, came up to Oakland to play what I think was my birthday show at Eli's. I should preface this by saying I read this to somebody again i i wrote down my story instead of i'm just telling it so i'm sorry but i'm not sorry at the same time because it's kind of better uh it flows better as a story this way but anyway my now husband which was one of the people who was there during this he said my facts weren't exactly right so i started hitting people up who were there for this and so I've gotten some confirmation, but either way, if my facts aren't 100%, I'm sorry, because, you know, this shit was a long time ago. We don't remember yeah. all the details, but this was from my memory, what I could remember, and I have had some of these details confirmed, but if I am off on a few things, it's like the general story is still the same. Yeah, it's so. your best approximation of the truth. Yeah. That's the best anyone can do. Okay. So, like I said, um, some San Diego bands came to play Eli's, which is a punk bar in Oakland, for my birthday. And so it was just like a bunch of people at our house. Anyway, it was a huge party since so many of my old friends were staying at my house. Plus, my roommates had some friends staying um, over for the weekend as well. We lived within walking distance of Eli's. So after the show was over, one person drove the van with the gear back while the rest of us walked. It was a huge group of at least two bands, more friends from both San Diego and Oakland, my roommates, and a few of their friends. We continued to party at the house and have a good time, but people kept coming up to me to complain about this lady none of us knew. She kept butting into people's conversations to make annoying or rude comments. Like when she found out at least half of the people in the house are from San Diego, she would start to talk about how much she hated San Diego. All of us brushed it off, and all of us assumed she was somebody else's friend. My roommates thought she was one of my friends, and I thought she was a random acquaintance my roommate Herbert brought home from the bar, which was something he often did. Herbert is obviously not his real name. (laughs) Okay. It started to get late, so we turned the lights off, and some people went to sleep. First to go to sleep was my roommate's friend's elementary school-aged kid. They didn't go to the show, but they were hanging out that day and night. 
she lived in Santa Rosa. So her and her kid were spending the night and then going back home in the morning. So she put together a nice bed for him in the dining room we didn't use away from the rest of the party. He was all bundled up in the dark on a little mattress in the corner. When we noticed the problematic woman, let's call her Karen, in the dark, hovered over him, crouched down face to face with him. When the kid's mom noticed, she confronted Karen, asking, Um, excuse me, what are you doing? My son is trying to sleep. We're having an important conversation, Karen explained. Conversation about what? We are having an an important conversation about science, Karen yelled back rudely. (laughs) Our friend gasped and all of us were like, what the fuck? (laughs) She was instructed to go back to the living room and leave the kid alone. And at this point, all of us who were awake and saw the interaction were on the hunt to find out who, who Karen was. I went and found Herbert, convinced she came back from Eli's with him, and he told me he had no idea who she was. A small group of us were talking quietly in the kitchen when we came to the conclusion nobody invited her. She just saw a large group of people leaving Eli's by foot and decided to come with. Before we could even confront her, we heard yelling coming from the living room. Our friend Steve from Bremerton was yelling at Karen to get the fuck away from him and freaking out. We all ran into the living room to see what happened, and apparently, while Steve was asleep on the couch while sitting up, surrounded by others who were up watching TV and drinking beers, Karen, who was sitting next to Steve, decided to slide her fingers down into his mouth while he was sleeping. Ugh. (laughs) Just no boundaries. People have no boundaries. So that was one of the many but more eventful stories of someone getting kicked out of a house I lived in. I feel like that's something that once you hear it, there's like at least a 50-50 chance you're going to have a nightmare about someone doing that to you, you know? it's like We've talked about this for years. Like every time I see or talk to Steve, it's like, remember the time that random lady (laughs) stuck her fingers in your mouth? (laughs) Ew. What? I don't. I'm speechless. I don't even have anything to say about it. Like, everybody who was there that night and was still awake, like, remembers. This is something you remember forever. And we never, as far as I, I mean, she just looked ordinary like anybody else. So she wasn't memorable. But not only do I not remember her real name, I have no idea. If If I was to see her on the street, even right after that, even during that time period, I wouldn't have recognized her. So we this never saw scarier. As far it's as like we the, know, we never saw her again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you gotta ask you gotta ask permission before you just put your fingers in somebody's mouth. I mean you can't just can't just do that. No. No. Okay, so speaking of Oakland, I'm gonna do one more quick um written submission and then we're gonna go into a few more audio ones. This is a quick submission from Jen Hazmat. So this happened in 2010. I believe it was one of my birthday shows at Hazmat in Oakland. I don't know who this guy is she's talking about. I got no clue. So if you have an opinion on that, I don't know who this guy is. (laughs) Sounds like a, a bad time. Either way. There was some super wasted guy named Casey falling around everywhere, getting on everyone's nerves. I can't remember what led up to people finally telling him to get the fuck out, but since it was my birthday show that I booked, I felt responsible, so I threw him outside. 
I ended up having to babysit him on the sidewalk while he cried for straight up 10 minutes. It felt like longer. Trying to explain to him that you can't just be an asshole to people in the community and expect people not to hate you. I felt sorry for him, so I walked him up the street while he cried some more and asked me why nobody liked him. In introspect, I was probably too patient with him. But I just wanted to de-escalate the situation and make sure he didn't walk back in and get his ass kicked. He finally left towards some other party to embarrass himself at, and I went back to the warehouse. I saw him again in 2014, hanging out with the biker D-beat crowd, and I didn't think much of him then. And then I moved to New Orleans. Fast forward to 2016, when Trump won the presidential election, I saw people making posts on Facebook canceling someone named Casey. Yes, it is the same Casey. He posted pictures of himself on his profile at a Trump rally. Aryan pride and black metal neo-Nazi shit all over his profile. Gross. He got ran out of Oakland and fled to a shithole town called Angels Camp and decided to breed, so he has a child now. Ugh. <laughs> Angels Camp actually sounds really familiar. I think I know where that is. But um, anyway, thanks, Jen, for that kicked out story. Maybe, We're gonna, huh? Maybe the kid will kill his father. <laughs> That's weird. I mean, uh, no comment. Okay. <laughs> so, Justin. Yes. This one has to do with Jersey Shore. Oh, We've got yeah. a great submission from I'm Kay. She's going by Kay. And this is her embarrassing kicked out story. The okay. next story is just downright shameful and embarrassing and in exactly like you think it would be. Okay, so in September of 2018, I foolishly bought two meet and greet tickets to go see DJ Polly D in my city. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I'm not in, I'm actually, no, I'm so embarrassed to say that I love the Jersey Shore and the cast and everything Jersey Shore and have for a very long time. All but that I've watched, I watched all of the episodes and seasons except for like the last few reunion ones, like the old stuff. I watched it all. <laughs> but it was kind of I like, love the old stuff, but watching yeah. the new stuff, I'm like, Wow, growth is possible. That's the true. situation is sober now, or um, was the um, last time I heard. Mm-hmm. But I spent way too much. Like it was including taxes and service charges. It was about 130 per ticket. And it was at a club in Vancouver, like down downtown on Granville Street. Like that's our crazy party street where just people are wild. Crazy violent (laughs) so uh my ex and I had tickets to go we got all dressed up we were all like concerned because I don't know we were hitting 30 almost close to that and this show started at 11 p.m. I know how that feels sometimes (laughs) it was a Wednesday and we both had to work the next day so we're like yo we'll just get like the party (laughs) done before it (laughs) like pre-drink on the way go to like our meet and greet get our picture buy the merch and then i don't know stay for a couple songs and go home 
So on the way to like downtown, because we live like an hour away, and we took public transit. We did about like four shots before we got there. Four doors at like 10.30 or 10. Because our meet and greet thing was, I think, like 10.30. Polly B spent like 10 seconds with everybody. <laughs> but prior to meeting Polly D, my boyfriend and I had got drinks. And we were hating the music. It was this top 40s crap. Like, I think as soon as we walked in, it was a Taylor Swift song. yeah so uh we're just standing at the very back away from everybody there's no one near us so like i'm already kind of drunk i started dancing to this fucking taylor swift song and i'm like i don't know doing taylor swift things and that's obnoxious with a lot of arm movements and twirling (sighs) yep (laughs) (laughs) um before i don't know how this happened but like This couple, it was, like, this obviously, like, steroid monkey friggin' gorilla juice head dude and his tiny plastic girlfriend with the plastic everything. And we were so far from people. And she, like, like, pushed me and was like, you're dancing too close to me. And I literally, like, looked around and I was like, there's empty spaces everywhere. You literally had to come and stand beside me for this. What the fuck? So couple shots in I'm all I don't care I'm just keep dancing like I put my hand out as you know the girls on Jersey Shore Dale so my boyfriend at the time was like maybe six four and 170 pounds like total beanpole and this girl's boyfriend was I would say maybe 5'10 230 <laughs> like just big (laughs) yeah this girl starts getting in my face and I'm just like what the hell I don't know what to do with this so like I try to like move away like closer to the wall where she can't like harass me and I like I don't know I made this sudden movement because I thought she was going for my purse and like my elbow flew up towards her I didn't touch her but she grabbed her face like I did So her boyfriend thinks I clocked her, starts this fight with my boyfriend, and I'm just like, what the fuck? She actually punched me in the face before, like, my boyfriend pulled me away and was trying to protect me and protect himself from this little angry gorilla dude trying to pummel him. We had about, like, four security guards, like, bum rush us. And they they saw our wristbands because we had meet and greets. And like, yeah, you guys can't be in here because of violence. But because you have meet and greets, you can come back in. But you have to leave right now. And Polly D was, of course, late. So like we were stuck outside for like 30 minutes before we were allowed back in because this girl was just ridiculous and started this unnecessary fight like they would on Jersey Shore. I got hit in the head. Like, I was crying. Like, I actually hit the ground at one point because I was wearing ridiculous little flats and alcohol was all over the ground. (laughs) Like, I was super upset. Like, I cried all my makeup off. And then we got the call, like, you're up to visit Pauline. (laughs) My boyfriend has his picture. Ex-boyfriend has his picture. 
I have mine, but nobody's ever seen it because, like, I literally got up there. It was this dark walk up these creepy, narrow staircase to, like, this little stage thing where Paul D was. And it's in the dark. And he's like, hey, how are you? And I'm like, I just got punched in the face. <laughs> he's like, fuck, that sucks. And then it's a bright light <laughs> where you're not prepared. Oh, no. So I have, like makeup running down my face my hair is crazy my dress is ruffled Polly D looks like he's making this weird like smiley face like her number one like number one (laughs) you can tell like I'm just upset and the flash surprised me so much I also look like a feral rabid raccoon who's got caught in the trash But nobody's no. ever seen this picture. That's a great story, though. Is I it funny, at least, or is it just sad? <laughs> Dude, it's my greatest shame. <laughs> like, oh, no. Sometimes when I'm feeling way too full of myself, I will look that picture up and be like, girl, take it down a couple pegs. <laughs> That's funny. Wow. It's so bad. Aw. I met Polly D for like 10 seconds. Did the other girl get kicked out? Oh, yeah. They weren't allowed back in at all. <laughs> oh, nice. So they didn't yeah. even get to catch his set or whatever. No. But she was like screaming outside about how they paid like scalpers $200 per ticket because the show sold out. But I could have done without that whole experience. Yeah. Now you can say you got punched in the face <laughs> going to see Polly D and you had to tell him about it. I had a Jersey Shore moment with him and in the middle of telling him about it, I got the worst picture taken oh. of me in my life. <laughs> you know, I think if I had a picture like that of myself, that would definitely be my profile pic. I mean, that's I'd rock that one. That's amazing. Yeah. But it's kind of funny because like, you know, you get to be on an episode, kind of, you know? Yeah, without being on one. You get to be on one in real life, I guess. Yeah, in real life. Yeah, yeah. I could see the silver lining in that experience. I, I mean, I think it's a fun story to tell, but it totally. definitely sounds shitty in the moment. It's know, definitely... Yeah, a lot of yeah. things in life are terrible when they're happening. <laughs> you yeah. look back, you're like, actually, that was great. <laughs> I think. I don't know. I'm, some people think I'm a masochist, though, so... <laughs> so we've got three left whoever's still here sticking in thank you you know it's quarantine you have no excuse but to put us on and listen to us and other people ramble on why not right and yeah. you know if you got any shit to talk do it to our face bro yeah come to us on instagram facebook you got something you want to submit come do it we're looking for all topics but um our next topics will be romance like dating or sexual mishaps for valentine's day like yo you have really pretty eyes can i see what your butthole looks like and um party foul it was party foul oh yeah so party fouls all right so we have this write-in submission from anonymous it's going to be our last write-in for the night and again for anybody wanting to submit in the future audio will get you in more than a written one will Because nobody wants to listen to me read shit all night. And I don't want to read shit all night. 
but that doesn't mean I'm not happy about these submissions. I'm very um, thankful for them. So yes, also thanks to everybody who submitted because these stories are all awesome. I literally didn't cut out a story. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. I dated this girl I met in college for about a summer. The exact time frame is unclear, but what is clear is how horribly wrong it all went. We were both still living at home, so our time outside of school was limited, especially since we lived so far apart. Naturally, this turned into late-night rendezvous, staying late after school, looking for shady parking lots. At some point, I was invited to have dinner with her family, which were a very strict, very Hispanic, very Catholic, very military family. Of course, I knew how to mind my manners, but the air was thick with judgment because I was none of those things. It felt like days for them to fall asleep, but we didn't dare do anything under their roof. So we made our way to my parked car a little over two blocks away to test out the suspension. It had to be at least 2 a.m. before the windows fogged up when I decided to roll them down lest we overheat. That's when I saw him, a figure walking towards us. My eyes and his locked and I panicked whether I should cover my bare ass, but I didn't have time. Her father came right up to my rear window. He looked at us and told her, Cecilia, you are exactly as I see you now. By the time I get home from work tomorrow, I expect you to be moved out of my house and leave the car keys on the counter. He then looked at me and told me he never wanted to see me again. I responded, yes, sir, and he yelled back, and don't ever fucking call me, sir. So she came to live with me and my parents for about two months. Towards the end of that, she ended up staying with cousins and friends for fear of overstaying her welcome. Finally, she had found a place and only needed to stay in a hotel for one night before she could move in. That night is the night all of her belongings were stolen out of her car. We searched the hotel grounds for anything that might have been dumped, but there wasn't anything. We actually didn't break up right after this, but it sort of dwindled because of these setbacks. And I think she resented me a lot for all of these things happening during our relationship. I have no idea what was served for dinner. Wow, that's sad. It's Is it sad that I kind of have a also story about most of these like I I feel like I have a story that relates to most of these like I dated a guy who dropped out of high school while we were dating and his parents kicked him out and he was like trying to sneak in at my house and it was just horrible and wrong and didn't go well we broke up too yeah (laughs) It's a lot of stress to put on a relationship, especially with young people. When you're young and broke, you have, you have nothing going for you. Yeah. And yeah, definitely makes it harder. Okay. So we did a story before from Kay and we have one more by her. Okay. So this isn't a story about me getting kicked out, but me kicking someone out of my house. This was in my early twenties. My now ex-boyfriend and I had just gotten our first place together and it was like our first place like you know early 20s we had next to no furniture we ended up picking like this love seat and like ratty old armchair off the street so we ended up bringing them back to our house and stuff and his birthday was coming up we invited like 20 people to our tiny one-bedroom basement suite for his birthday and he brought one of his friends who brought like his his fuck buddy i guess 
I don't know. This girl that he made buy him drugs, give him sex, and just be awful with. Hated her. But, um, yeah, we were having this party, and we had a lot of people show up, but only a love seat and that ratty armchair. But we had given that chair to our dog, and we wrote, like, a name on it, like, yo, the dog's sitting here. Share it. He's, like, a five-pound Pomeranian little thing. He didn't take up much space, and most people that night were more than happy to share. But Buddy's little girlfriend thing, or gross girl, I don't know what to call her. I'm going to call her Natalie. Actually, I'm going to call her Molly, because she was on a lot of that. (laughs) Yeah, she just took an issue with my dog the whole night, and I caught her actually, like, tossing him, like, the sweeping motion off the chair and he like flew to the ground and was just he looked sad so I confronted her and was like yo you have to share the chair with the dog with I was nice about it and she gave me so much attitude and I was like okay like I don't care she's on drugs or giving like your best friend head or whatever like she needs to go and I made such a big stink about it because she was like awful like nobody comes into my house and disrespects my dog <laughs> yeah definitely yeah that's so cool and so sweet and she had no reason to so we kicked her out and his friend was fine with it everyone was fine with it we kind of forgot about her but like 45 minutes later I went out for a smoke I thought she had left but she was in our yard still and this is like November in Canada she's wearing this tiny little dress and heels with this bullshit cropped jacket and she's just sitting outside in our yard and you know I start feeling a little bad and I was already kind of drunk at this point so I poured her some vodka in my dog's water bowl and I put it outside for her (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) (laughs) she was terrible dude like she showed up just already fucked on drugs and she didn't interact with anybody and then pushed my dog off his chair like there was a sign and how can you not share a little chair with this thing but yeah I I have hated her since we learned a lot of things like (laughs) in our first place together and he was I thought he was gonna get mad at me for that but he's like wait she like physically pushed him off the chair I was like dude yeah it's like oh good She's never coming back. Like, she actually earned a band from our house. That's The great. next party I saw her at, she ignored the shit out of me. It was great. I actually had almost the same thing happen to me, except, um, like, we were pretty nice to the girl because she was, like, blacked out. So, mm-hmm. um, we, I think we called her a cab. This was, like, pre-Uber, I think, even. Mm-hmm. Like, we called her a cab because we're like, you gotta go. But she just, like, wouldn't leave our house. And, like, yeah, none of us knew money. her. Like, we were friends of friends. So, like, we were trying to kick her out. And it's like, you don't know anybody at this house. you got to go. And she's like, but I know someone who used to live here because it's, like, a punk house. And oh, okay. Like, that doesn't matter. Like, we want to go to bed. And you're, like, blacked out and yelling at us and mean. And so this girl was so horrible. Thankfully, she wasn't mean to any of the dogs, though. But um, we called her a cab just because we had to physically kick her out also. But we didn't, like, she was just, like, blacked out on the sidewalk. And we're like, we're not going to leave you like that. 
but she ended up every time I was somewhere where I ran into her in Oakland, she would come up and be like, Oh, Hey, like I was her best friend. And she's like, you don't remember that our one introduction, like the first time we ever met was like you just being blacked out and cussing out me and my roommates until we had to throw you out. Yeah. People are weird. I, I want to know if she drank the vodka out of the dog bowl. Though. Yeah. Have to find out. And I'm going to assume yes. I hope so. What's the we need answer? to get her back on to, to get the answer. Okay, so this one's great. So it's funny because in the past, the two of us were talking about how even just Rancho, we could probably do a year's worth of episodes. Yes. And just friends alone, we could do a year worth of episodes, at least a year. Like that was our goal, just do our own shit just within our own group and acquaintances and people that we're connected to locally just for the first year. But uh, Kate is obviously Canadian and the next one is Canadian. So we've got, we've got Canadians taking over tonight. We're going global. Yeah. Already. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Without trying. Yeah. And people are going to be listening in Canada and um, yeah. Thank you. Canada. Thanks. Thanks to Canada. Please help us. <laughs> um, so here's our very last one. It's our longest, but stick through it. It's worth it. It's from Tyler, another Canadian. Let's go. So this story of me getting kicked out, and I haven't been kicked out of many places in my life. I can, I think I can count on like three fingers how many times I've been kicked out. So I don't make a habit of this. And I think it's important to provide that context of like, I, I usually keep it pretty together, even, even when I maybe couldn't or shouldn't or, or normally, uh, you know, I've, I think I've been, I've been out and about in the world long enough that I can, I can keep myself together. However, at this particular time, there was not a single moment of togetherness that that happened, which warranted me getting kicked out. And the story starts the day after. In Gainesville, Florida, I woke up in a just with this beating sun bearing down on me, and my head was on the like the in a when there's a parking spot and like a parking lot and there's like that cement stop for your wheels. I was using that <laughs> as a pillow. And, and I just remember waking up and the sun was so bright and so hot. And I was very confused because I was still living in uh in Kitchener, Ontario at the time. And I was in Florida and I'm like, what the hell is going on? And as like my vision kind of came back and sort of focusing, I started like making out the letters like Holiday Inn, and I'm like, I am supposed to be in the Holiday Inn, and I'm like, why am I in the parking lot? <laughs> <laughs> and, and and then like things start coming back to me, and I'm like, oh no, like something happened last night, and. I didn't really want to think about it because I knew it would have a lot of shame associated with it. <laughs> so I, I kind of like just my motor skills are just carrying me into the hotel as, so I, I get in, I don't have a key card, but somehow I get in the front door and I'm like, I remember my room number. It was like four Oh three or something. 
and I'm trying to get back to things. And eventually <laughs> I, I find my room. I find one of my friends that I'm supposed to be staying with. And, and there's just, as soon as I walk in the room, and this is also very foggy. Like, I don't remember a lot of this because this happened. This was, oh gosh, like 10 years ago or something. And I just remember my friends laughing at me when, when I walked in. And, and I was like, oh. what happened? They're like, oh my God, where do we begin? <laughs> and, and they started telling me about the night. And and then things started coming back to me. So the story really begins um, in Ontario and Kitchener. Um, uh, kind of last minute, a friend told me about the fest in Gainesville, which was, you know, if people don't know, but it was like this big punk fest um, that No Idea Records would put on. And in, in Gainesville, there was like one weekend where the Florida Gators from the university would like leave and go to Jacksonville. And there was this big rivalry game. It was like once a year and the whole town of Gainesville would go to Jacksonville and basically the town would be dead. So no idea started putting on this festival called the fest, which spawned all these other sub fests across the country. And because uh, there was no one else in the city, all the businesses ended up being like super happy because this fest started all these like, weird kind of like not hardcore punks like no idea record liking punk people would show up so they were like in their mid-20s or 30s so most of the time they you know they had some money or they wanted to eat some food Uh, they weren't just completely destitute as you might be in your like early 20s or something yeah it's Um, more of like a pop punk kind of thing right yeah yeah absolutely and it kind of cross it crosses some boundaries yeah. like i saw from ashes rise there and stuff mm-hmm. um but uh but anyway the 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 businesses and the restaurants end up like loving everyone who comes there um or it did uh, maybe they don't anymore but at the time it was like the whole city was okay and generally like everyone was in a good mood a couple thousand people would descend on gainesville there would be all kinds of shows and i never really heard of that many problems even though it was also like sponsored by PBR and it was like a fall down mess of a festival. Like there was just people everywhere doing whatever. So um, I got, I always wanted to go because I played in a band that was kind of pop punky in that vein and all kinds of bands I wanted to see um, were there. So I got a last minute ride down and I think I can't remember. I think I went down with Lemuria who was playing, but that might've been another year. Um, and so they were kind of like buddies of ours. Um, and if that's the year, then this, it's truly embarrassing. And I hope they don't hear this story because <laughs> <laughs> generally like from what they know about me, I think I've generally been on good behavior, but, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> the drive from the drive from Kitchener to, to Gainesville is like 22 hours or 20 hours. If you just book it straight and don't really stop. So by the time anyone would do that drive from Ontario down to Florida, you would just be like a psycho. Like you would get, you'd get out in Florida and just be looking like, Oh my God, I need to do anything. And the first person you often see when you go to pick up your, your wristband for the festival, which is at that hotel is like a PBR rep. This literally the second you get out of your car, (laughs) there's PBR reps in the parking lot of the hotel that everyone stays at 
handing out beer. <laughs> so nice. from, yeah, from the second you get out of your car, you're you're already drinking beer. And at the time at Fest Nine, it was like you could buy a tall can on the street from a PBR rep for two bucks. There was a specialness to it that kind of waned over the years. Maybe it's gotten better now, but it's been a while since I've been back there. So we got out, we went to this hotel, we got our wristbands for the festival and people stay all over the city, but there's this one main holiday and that's like the epicenter of fest. There's shows that happen there. There's like a rooftop pool. The whole hotel gets taken over by just fest people and it's like the location for all the merch tables and it's where you you sign in and get all your stuff so i being i don't know how old i was and being a procrastinator i also just assumed i think that everything like i was getting a ride with people a friend of mine was like yeah you can stay in our hotel room no problem and i didn't really follow that up it was like oh, i have a place to stay yeah but i didn't like confirm well, how many people are staying in this hotel room? Who else is staying in the hotel room? <laughs> what, what's the logistics of this? I was just like, okay, it's taken care of. And and uh, whatever else happens, I'll figure it out. Um, tracing back. We get out of the car. I run into the PBR rep, get the PBR, get my wristband, get in the hotel, go to this pool party. At some point, I run into some other friends who play in a band called Junior Battles, who are from Toronto. And my band played with them a bunch and they were like the poppiest sugary pop punk band you can imagine, but they're really fun and their songs were really catchy. And all the guys in the band are basically like comedians. Like they're, they're just hilarious people. They're on all the time. Like it's just nonstop funny things happening when you're with them. And uh, the, every time we played together, it was a giant hilarious party and, and being at fest with them you start off on a scale of seven to 10, you're at like 8.5 as soon as you're with them. Cause they're just, you know, there's uh, screaming, yelling, wrestling, whatever's going to happen is going to happen to me. It's like, it's kind of like, like get Blaine going and <laughs> this Blaine, our like friend from our friend group. And it's like five of those guys in a pop punk band. <laughs> and, and by the time I met them, they they were hanging out with this guy Eric from a band called O Pioneers, and they were all drinking Four Loco. And at Fest Nine, I'm just going to look this up quickly. Fest Nine, Gainesville. I want to see what year this was. 2010. Okay, um, I believe in 2010, Four Loco still had uh, the ingredients that made it illegal. Uh, was my understanding right? Yeah. Yeah, that might either they bought it. It was caffeine, right? It, it was. Was it just the caffeine that they took out? I think so, because in the U.S. we had a few alcohol caffeine drinks, and eventually they all went away. Ah. But yeah, I think in 2010 they probably still had caffeine in it. That right? must have, like it was like a new thing for us. Like it was a funny, fun yeah. thing. So they they had bought four loco and their plan was to try and make a four loco wizard staff to carry around the <laughs> festival <laughs> so, yes yeah, so i think they bought like eight of them and they're like we got to drink eight of these but everyone was so sick of it by the time i got there oh, that they'd yeah, all gross. yeah it was, it was terrible <laughs> and so so everyone had drinking drank some amount of it 
but they had all flown to Gainesville from Toronto and I had driven with a bunch of people for 22 hours. So I was like, give me the four loco, whatever, like all these half drank four locos that they had. I was just like, I'm down, give it to me and drank it. And then took the other one, drank it. And, um, you know, the night was progressing and, um, there's sort of, there's bands playing all weekend. So you kind of like fade in and out of the hotel scene. Like people just kind of leave, go see bands, and then come back, um, either like take a nap or go in the pool or whatever else. It's just this ongoing festival. And I immediately, like before we went to any shows, I was instantly hammered from these four locos that, that because they were like, you got to drink them all. And then we're going to go see a bunch of bands. And I was like, Oh no, I already knew there was a problem. And, and, but at the same time I was extremely hyper and I just thought I was <laughs> okay. like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, did I can do have a wizard staff. We did get it together enough to have the wizard staff. So that got duct taped together. And <laughs> I hope whenever you got kicked out, whatever you got kicked out of, I hope you were holding the wizard. Yeah, I, I wasn't, but I know it made it made its way into the same place. I'm pretty sure because I remember walking down the street with the wizard staff and this group of people, and everyone commenting on it like, "Oh my god, it's a four loco wizard staff! You guys are animals!" And meanwhile, I had drank all the four loco. There was it was funneled through one person. Um, everyone else had had like half of one and I had probably had like three or four combined. I can't remember. Um, so, (laughs) so we, I don't know what happened from between the hotel and when we got to the show, otherwise people, uh, people comment on the wizard staff, but the one band that I wanted to see more than any band that weekend was hard skin. And I don't know if you're familiar with hard skin at all. No. Okay, it is. They were like a tongue-in-cheek oi band that mm. that was perfect, like perfect. <laughs> it's so perfect that like a lot of skinheads got kind of got by it, where they thought it was a real band because they were really good, okay. and, and and it was just a complete like charade. Um, but the band was so good that they like I guess toured. And I don't know what the whole backstory of it was, but like they had this one album called Hard Nuts and Hard Cunts. <laughs> and, and, and it's like a perfect album. It's like it's like you kind of forget that it's a, a comedy album because this, I'm gonna have to look. Yeah, you, it's gonna you're gonna get hooked on it because the songs are per, like just super catchy. And there's like songs called like On the Docks. Or like Oi Not Jobs or something and um Hard Times. I think like Hard Times the comedy thing might be a hard skin reference, but um hmm. so yeah, it was like they're just really good. So I really wanted to see them. And also I'd heard that live they were hilarious. They were just like super funny because they didn't really break character. So there were these like old English skinhead dudes <laughs> aping skinheads so it's perfect and so we you know carried our wizard staff and this whole group of people went down to this main venue called the it had something with seven in the name but i don't know venue doesn't matter and that's when my blackout started i completely lost all like memory from that moment on and the only reason i can remember 
parts of it distinctly now is because there's still there's actually video footage from that show and i can see myself in it in the in the mosh pit i just i just checked recently and the videos are still up um i at some point i was crowd surfing i'm just like a guy wearing a plaid shirt with this just dead look in his eyes <laughs> like he doesn't know just what's gone. going on just gone yeah and it's really unsettling when you see that that in yourself when you're like oh yeah these there's nothing left there <laughs> and so i i got like right up front of the band and i was like moshing and this is now all being i don't have any recollection any recollection so this is just my friends describing this to me where i was just i started pogoing at the front of the stage and I was pogoing and hitting people and being a nuisance, which sucks. <laughs> and at some point, I think someone was just trying to get me out of there. So they like hop, like, they pushed me up on the crowd and I got like crowd surfed around. And then as what often happens, you end up being crowd surfed out of the pit or you end up getting crowd surfed like onto the stage. Mm-hmm. And so I got crowd surfed onto the stage and I didn't know what to do. Like I, I should have just jumped back into the pit, but I was so out of it that I think I just tried to find a door to leave. So I just ended up walking backstage. So, so I just, and no one stopped me. <laughs> <laughs> like I just, I guess I walked with confidence and then I guess, I don't know what happened backstage, uh, but I got a hold of one of the band's beer. So I got a case of beer and I started walking out of the club and that's when, and that's when security started chasing me and I started running out of the club with this case of beer and, and, and then I, I had the wherewithal before I got to the door to like, kind of throw the case at their feet or something to like trip them up, like a banana peel type situation. And so I like threw the beer alone. at them. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Alone. The bottles, it was it was like the crappy the crappy venue security bandits were after me and I had to trip them up. And so I threw the beer down at them and they caught up to me and so they didn't tackle me because I didn't have the beer anymore. And they just kind of grabbed me by both my arms, and like picked me up and brought me outside, and they're just like, You're an idiot, get out of here, and kind of uncle filled me out the front door. And <laughs> and then I was standing outside, and uh, I, know, I guess I, I probably still wanted to see the band. So, so the next thing my friend saw was the side door open to the venue, and I came back in the side door. <laughs> and I went Did straight back. Did you lock the doors? I, I don't know. I must. I don't know. Like I just must have like walked around the building and like found someone <laughs> like bringing things in, and I just walked in the side door. And I got back in the mosh pit, and then after like 15 minutes, security saw me again, and they were like, "What's this guy doing?" <laughs> so they came and came into the mosh pit, and they they grabbed me again and, and hauled me outside. And then the third time, I think my friends just said I walked in the front door again, like I just just came, just came back in. <laughs> and then, and then they, like this time, you lasted about five minutes, and they they grabbed you and they threw you out again. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then they lost track of me and so there was like a i don't know like an hour and a half gray area where i was just out on the town doing things no one can explain it so, so there's a unrecorded period of time <laughs> <laughs> that that i came oh no actually shit 
Okay, this is this might have happened in that time. At some point, I ended up back at the Holiday Inn, and I thought I should have a nap. And some of the Junior Battles guys were there, and they told me I could sleep in this bed. And the bed ended up being the bed of Eric from O Pioneers is his band's room. And I I slept in his bed for a while, and he came back to his hotel room and found me sleeping in his bed. And he was not happy about it. And uh, for the next, like, three years, he was bummed out whenever he saw me. <laughs> and he was, like, my only kind of enemy, except he had no idea who I was. Um, and so that happened. That probably happened. I had a nap, and then I went back out into Gainesville and into the night. And then the next time my friends saw me was at Strike Anywhere. So that was another band I wanted to see while I was there. And so I went to strike anywhere, knowing my friends would be there because I lost everyone. And I only you know, in my state could remember like one of their songs, Infrared. And so I sat at the front of their stage just screaming at the top of my lungs, play Infrared, play Infrared. And my friends were all at the back and they could see me and they were like, oh my God. And I was bumming out everyone um, <laughs> because it wasn't even Strike Anywhere. It was a completely different band. Strike Anywhere wasn't playing at that venue. <laughs> it was just, I just fucked it up. <laughs> and, and just one of my friends happened to see, I forget what the band was. It was like the Royal Black Soldiers or something. I don't know. <laughs> and I just yelled at until security once again grabbed me and dragged me out of the venue. Usually, I think because I probably tried to buy a beer and I clearly shouldn't be drinking anymore at that point. And then that was the I think that was the last bar I got I, I got kicked out of. And then the next time they saw me, I was eating cheeseburgers from Checkers. Um, I bought like a bag, and they just saw me from across the street, and they're like, "We just saw you." <laughs> with a bag of cheeseburgers and you're just taking a bite out of each one and throwing it over your shoulder. <laughs> and this is when I ate meat, you know, with, with abandon and uh, I guess wanted to waste it. Which sucks. And, and then I walked directly into a palm tree and just knocked myself down on the ground for a while. And like you just laid there with this bag of cheeseburgers on the ground, <laughs> and, and then and then like we were gonna help you, but you like got up and then you ran full speed away towards the hotel. <laughs> and, and, and that was the last moment. And so we we pieced together that I must have just I thought I like got in a fight or something. And I just ran away from the tree and I probably couldn't get in the hotel because I wasn't with anyone and I didn't <laughs> know my room or anything. And you they wouldn't have gone back me. to that guy's bed. I, yeah, <laughs> totally. He was already mad at me at that point. I must have, I should have milked it. And so I must not have been able to get in the hotel. So I just, just like, well, this parking space is good as I need to fall asleep <laughs> And then, uh, and then that was like the first day of the festival, and there's like two or three more days after that. Wow! Yeah, the the conclusion of the entire event was, um, I had to work at a trade show called IMTS. It's this giant manufacturing trade show in Chicago, and my whole plan was to fly from Gainesville 
um, or or Toronto. I can't even remember. We might have dro- driven back from Gainesville, but I had to go immediately from the festival to Chicago for to work at this festival. And I got there, and I had this black eye and this cut on my face from where I walked into the palm tree. And my my boss at the time when I went, I like walked into the giant. It's one of the biggest trade shows for manufacturing in the world. And I walk into our booth. And he's like, what the hell happened to you? Because I had to I had to talk to clients for like a week. And I'm like, <laughs> I want to say I got in a fight, but I walked into a tree. <laughs> and he's like, we're good. Oh yeah, well, like, he's like, we're just gonna tell people you you got mugged. And that, <laughs> that's and that's the- so you had a cheese, so you had a cheeseburger <laughs> incident. <laughs> It involved four loco <laughs> and a wizard. Yeah, that was that was too technical and embarrassing <laughs> to explain to anyone over the age of twenty five at that time. So it was, I oh, it was it was horrendous, and I never never wanted to drink four loco ever again after that. I um, bet. Yeah, and I understood why it was made illegal and had to be changed because it was just zombie juice. We just need a whole episode of Four Locos. Stories. Oh man, maybe that could be a theme of one of them. So I have a friend. I have a friend who lives in Texas, and his old punk house was sponsored by Four Loco. Right, <laughs> right. And I actually want to have him on as a guest. Oh my god! I'm going to ask him. Oh yeah, for but... Four Loco Week, because. Oh, like like that house was crazy. Like Vice News came out to um, do like interview them during a punk show yeah. and they yeah. left scared because they blew up a car or something <laughs> texas that's a different yeah place. you can do whatever you want texas good idea or not oh man that one hit home for me um i remember those four locos uh i always liked sparks more oh i remember yeah the first uh it was before before for loco i think sparks was the very first one and it looks like it was a can that like looked like a battery uh, um, i hated it oh no that was that was like just the way i want to go experience reality for the rest of my life but it wasn't meant to be it's gone <laughs> and that's partly why i'm still alive <laughs> um that did so, you get uh, into four? Did you did you get into four loco, or was it just a every now? And I was thing? I was into Sparks. I mean, that was. Just I remember. Yeah, there were so there was one one time at um James and, and Chris's apartment. Let's just call them James and Chris at James and Chris's apartment. There, um, yeah, we saw Sparks, but a twelve pack of them, and it was like decorated like a car battery. You know, like the cardboard box. Uh, which I thought was so clever. That's it's that's so nice. So, anyways, I was like, I'm gonna drink all of these in one night. I'm gonna drink all of them in one night. I'm gonna do it. And I got through eleven, and I did not drink the twelfth one. I couldn't. I just couldn't do it. I was like twitching and fucking. I, I don't. I don't know. Collapsed in the kitchen. It was awful. Um, that's not a kicked out story. <laughs> that's okay. But although we we got kicked out of that apartment, we did. We yeah, sure did. Had to leave. Yeah. Too many, too many ninja stars and walls and oh yeah there's a there's like a knife throwing thing uh on the back of the front door so it was a party house and when you walk in the front door you could possibly have a knife thrown at you because the knife well, throwing we, thing we was usually did 
we usually would throw at the at the boogie board on the chair, and then there was the back wall that we kept missing, and we hit the wall. But then eventually, so we just started at the wall because fuck it. But I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know if we did. Did we do the door? I mean, I, I swear, we did do the door. But I think so. I think we usually did the wall. Still There's, right by the front door. It was. So there's a, there's still a chance that close to the front door. Yeah, there's still a chance that you open the door and knife comes near you. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but that was the that's you know that's an exciting environment you know keeps you on your toes. That's true. We have a lot of good stories from that apartment. Yes. Maybe was, they will fun. come in time. We'll see. I hope so because I was living there on the couch for a while and I and I want to know more of what happened, but. That is one of the. That's the most one of the, one of the most I've ever drinking like consistently. That that was that was a uh, that was like a quarter gallon of rum a night for me and and for James and then for me and for Chris. So we're at like six nights a week. We were we were drinking like crazy. It's insane. I remember quite a bit. I was living in the hall closet for a little while. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I stayed there too. Your your room was the couch. You had the yeah. couch. Well, sometimes sometimes I went in the closet. Sometimes sometimes I'd go. Oh, in the closet. sometimes you had the closet. Okay. Yeah, you know when For I have a girl over or something, I gotta go into the closet. You know. So yeah, you have people well, in we, my bedroom. Well, no, that was my bedroom. I thought I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't. I couldn't be on the couch. Everybody I, was. Out I there. I get it. <laughs> I'm so much happier in my 30s. Good God. Oh, me too. Yeah. No, those are fun. It's fun to think about the chaos, though. You know, it's 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 wild that uh, we've all survived some of the things that have gone down. We've had some good hit- times. Yes, and some bad times, and some mm-hmm. and some times that are just and all of it's just fun to to look back on. I think. But I, I want to hear some more dangerous stuff from people. Yeah. I want to hear some really illegal things. Okay. I was going to say some illegal things, but now I feel like maybe I should. Well, no, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. The end. What if we did that every time somebody got punched? I think we should. I think we should do that. We'll try it. Let's try it. Hell yeah.